Mother Nature won this year. <laughs> Episode 44 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And there is no concern about what to talk about this time. We've got a doozy for you. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about how climate change is changing the weather patterns in general, kind of throwing a wrench into the works and things aren't working the same way as they used to. Uh, the, the season of people getting on the frozen lake is much shorter than it used to be, so on and so forth. And this is also an El Nino year, which makes things generally kind of warmer. So those two things are on top of each other. What is El Nino for those who don't know? It's a, it's a weather system that comes around every few years and just makes everything generally warmer. It means that that year is going to be different. And El Nino is warmer than normal. El Nino is cooler than normal. And you can look it up on the internet if you, don't, if you want to know why they're called that. I have no idea why they're called that. In the end, we wound up with, instead of snow, instead of like a couple feet of snow, we wound up with rain up here. And on Monday, December 18th, 2023, our weather app was telling us that it was going to be a rainy day. And that's really all we prepared for. Yeah, because there is no warning. Normally you get like a red flashy thing at the top of the screen on the weather app on the weather app and there was none of that there was not it was just rain and some wind which is normal because <clears throat> that's what we had all freaking year right now typically when you have a storm with a lot of wind up in maine you get the occasional down tree and the cycle is the trees that are weak they fall in the in the wind and the trees that are strong some of them could get compromised and cracked and those are going to fall in the next storm. You know, so that's normal. You know, one, one or, onesie twosie here and there. But this day was very different. I guess Kara will want us to start at the very beginning. So I mean, when we woke up. That's where you start. I woke up early. I had an order. I had to bake to get shipped out. Um, we ship via the post office because we do not live near FedEx or UPS. And plus shipping through them would be astronomical so I worked to get that order out and I had to prep some stuff for wholesale and then I don't even remember to be honest what happened after the general idea <laughs> is that Kara had Christmas orders that she wanted to complete and the plan was for we were both going to take the following week off the week between Christmas and New Year's that was going to be vacation for both of us and time to recover time to focus on other things but she wouldn't have orders so she had her entire christmas week planned out oh yeah because i got um, multiple orders for christmas <clears throat> and on top of that i had uh the regular wholesale people so they i let them know way ahead of time and they had to prepare their own things and figure out what they needed for the next week and a half, basically. So Yeah, so there was a whole plan for the entire week. Yeah. And then the day came. So there was a whole plan for the entire week. On the day, on the 18th, she was working. And then I let the animals out, did my morning routine, logged into my job. Everything was normal, except it was raining. But and, that's normal. Right. So. It's been a very <laughs> rainy year. It's been insanely rainy and wet. But things were gradually picking up. Yeah. So around, I think it was 8 o'clock is you normally when I open up the farm shop, bakery shop, whatever you want. I keep changing the name. It is what it is. And so I went out there and I'm like, well, I do not feel confident putting the flag out because I feel like it might blow away. Because it was very, very windy. Very windy at the time. And my little front signs, like my bakery sign, had already fallen over. It's not worth trying to put that back up. And then my little cardboard signs that say we have fresh eggs and local cheeses and soaps was kind of not faring well. So I just, That's not cardboard. It's corrugated plastic. Well, it's meant to go outside. But it's yeah, like... 
It might like as a, well be cardboard. It's made the same way as cardboard, but it's plastic, so it can be outside. It's like a cheap plastic sign. Yeah. So and you just got a little metal stand. You just stick it in the ground. They were kind of not doing well as either. So I grabbed those and put them in the garage. And my hood would not stay up. And it was pouring rain. And I don't have a rain hat. I should get a rain hat, apparently. So, and then I just see the poor front of the house ducks just standing or no they don't really stand they're just laying down miserable and they kept going from one side to another because there are things blowing at them <clears throat> so i'm like well let's give it a little while longer maybe it'll die down <laughs> right because so far we think it's a normal day and sometimes the wind picks up and this is weird yeah right hmm, hmm. now the reminder that the ducks up front are we call them the hotel ducks. Those are the ducks that have had a hard time. They got some trouble with their legs or something. And they're put up front because that's more flat and it's just an easier area to live. So a lot of pecans are up there. Their body's too big for their legs. So these are the most vulnerable ducks that we have. Yeah. And they're the ones we worry about the most because they have the least ability to protect themselves from anything. They're basically, that's, I mean, that's the term sitting duck, right? They can't get out of the way of anything. But. Yeah. So everything started cranking up, and, and then eventually you got worried about it, and you came in and... Yeah, I think it was around 11, 30, 12, and... No, it was like 10-something. I remember because I when I chatted to my team... Oh, maybe it was earlier. Yeah, when I chatted to my team that I had to go out and put the animals inside, it was like 10... 30 something like that right i don't remember the day was a blur I'll i remember looking at i remember <laughs> looking at the timestamps because i wanted to know how long that day i had been out you know all right so i guess it was that early i can't remember if i decided i the light started flickering and uh, there was a time where i'm like i should probably shower in case we lose power but i think we put the animals to bed first not to bed in their houses because it's safer. So one of the other reasons why I decided that it needed to be done. Because the front house ducks had stuff being thrown at them. Like their little tent. Which we never staked down. Because normally it's heavy enough where it won't be blown around. But not this time. And then the dog house that we have for them. In case they want to get in there to protect themselves. Was blowing at them. And my little garbage can and flower pots were all blowing at them so they were petrified to say the least they were in their own disaster movie yeah uh, basically twister on drugs for little ducks so we got them i i got them in first because they they're easier to get in yeah they were like okay <laughs> and when she recruited me to come out i said okay i told the team i gotta go out and do this I, we threw on our stuff. We went outside. The wind was far. It was beyond anything we'd seen before. It was not normal. It, it was dangerous. And we started, like, it was It was easy enough, to, I think, to get the, the, the goats weren't that much of a problem because they do want to be in their house when something goes wrong. Or the, the chickens. Like pouring rain. So the yeah. problem was. The chickens had all gone into the duck house, and the ducks were all up here at our house against the wall. So I had Kara stand at the chicken coop, and I basically went to the the duck house, closed the door behind me, and I would grab two chickens and take it to her. She'd open the door for me. I'd put them in. And I'm two by two, I moved the chickens to their own house, got all that done. We... Started, we, we didn't worry about the goats at first because they were smartly like in their house and the sheep were in their house. We started shooing the ducks oh, into the their house. the sheep were not in their house. No, weren't? No. Where were the sheep? They were in their little clubhouse. Oh, yeah, the, the shelter logic, like a, yeah. like a hoop shelter that we have. They were in there to protect themselves. But And that, by the way, stayed in the ground because not only was it staked down, but the orientation of it, it's like a little tunnel. It just let the wind pass through. 
it wasn't like set against the wind. It kind of was cooperating with the wind, so it didn't get damaged. But we eventually got everybody in their houses. But while we're fighting with it, our front gate is made of two seven foot by five foot gates. They're two by fours with regular old uh, two inch by four inch grid fence sandwiched between them. So it's two layers of two by four. And it makes a 14 foot wide opening so that a truck can go in there if it needs to. So you just got like the, you know, two by fours aren't actually two inches by four inches. It's more like three and a half inches. That was enough to turn that entire gate into a sail. Mm-hmm. And Kara's like, the gate, the gate. I'll turn around and the front gate was, and it was getting blown back and forth. It wasn't just one direction. The wind would shift and it would, it, it, it would get slammed around. And it's just a simple wooden bar that we have. And that was getting jiggled enough that it eventually fell out and the gates opened. And then we were concerned because the, the goats were at They're that like, point. The goats were like, oh, what's going on out there? Well, let right. me go find out. So we were trying to herd the goats in and I was trying to close the gate and secure it. Uh, At one point while I was trying, we were trying to get the chickens uh, squared away. We talked about our chicken coop before. We have a small chicken coop that's built like a little house with a regular door. And it had a little like chicken wire, uh, chicken run with a metal roof that I actually put real wood walls on to make it more coop. There's basically one door that I made that's entirely of wood and a, a plastic like um, window. And the other door is actually glass. It's got a glass window. It's like a normal door. And while I was trying to like let a chicken in, or no, I wasn't letting a chicken in. I was trying to put water or something in there for them. And the wind just suddenly picked up and yanked the door out of my hand, slammed it. The glass broke, shattered all over the ground. We've got to collect that. Kara came over and cleaned that up while I did something else. There was like, there was so much to do. There was so much running around and emergency stuff we had to do. Um, I had to, I had to go find a, I know what it was. You were cleaning it up while I found some kind of scrap of plywood to put over that window. Oh yeah. Uh, Luckily it did have hardware cloth, like a little, I guess, quarter inch grid hardware cloth inside the glass so none of the glass went into the chicken coop it all went outside because also the door got slammed open against the building it didn't get slammed shut so all the glass was outside well not all but a majority yeah because some of it was still in the windowsill and some of those fell so little bits all around so a lot to for Kara to deal with and i'm looking around for something that's the right width and the right size to the only thing I could find was quarter inch plywood that I had laying around that was big enough to go over the opening. Not what I would want, but I screwed it in there with as best I could and secured it for the night. And then the next day I, I, I put caulk all around that to seal it up against the air. And we're going to have to replace that door. The door is horrible. It it's a terrible door anyway. It doesn't close right. We have to put the wheelbarrow in front of it and case it pops open there is a latch but i mean a freaking raccoon could easily get up and unlatch everything and get in there well it'd have to jump up really high to do it well the wheelbarrow which is there to keep the door closed no i mean if the the trouble is if the wheelbarrow were not there um the hook and eye that it closes with still allows it to open an inch or two and she's worried that something could sneak in there so the the point where that door is that door frame and the door are both highly vulnerable to heat and humidity. So whether something expands or contracts, depending upon the, how hot it is or cold it is or how humid it is, the door has various different stages of not quite fitting. So it's just a real problem. But anyway, we've got to replace that. So that was kind of our experience. Where we're fighting to, to secure everything. Luckily, our buildings are solid, and we live on a hill, so water flows away from the house. As much as it can, because remember, it rained all summer and spring, and we already get a mud season in Maine, but our mud season has continued. It's pretty much been the entire summer. So our 
front area that's supposed to be nice for everyone is a mud pit again and will be that way until it freezes and then we're going to have maybe in January and February, if it actually does get cold enough, we'll have frozen ground for a couple of months and then we'll be back in a mud season. We've been in mud season since last spring, yeah. pretty much, with a few spaces in between, a few places where it didn't rain very much and we were able to have dry ground for a little while, then it rains again. So the water, worse, the ground's been waterlogged this entire time. Uh, but luckily for us, we the, the slope happens behind the house, and it does. We don't have it as bad as some other people. Yeah, it could be a lot worse, but we're also losing a lot of dirt because it's on a hill and right. because it's so wet. So. So we're gonna have to do water management and build retaining walls and repairs. There's a whole lot we gotta do because of the water. But while I was fighting with the door, fixing the door, I finally got that done. I come back in the house, and Kara looks at me and says, well, I feel stupid. I'm like, what? And she got in her shower and everything, so that was okay. But the power went out. And we have this fear that we're not going to have enough water for the animals. So we, we always talk about we're going to fill all the jugs for the water. Remember, we did an episode where I was prepping for that one storm that we got told about, and I made sure we had all water on deck, and right. unfortunately, we were not told about how bad the storm could be. The app, the app never warned us, nothing ever warned us. We, we got, don't get news, we don't watch the news, we don't have, we're not, we don't have cable TV. But the weather app comes from the National <laughs> Weather Service, it's usually pretty good. And I'm on the Facebook a lot because I have to be for my business and nobody was talking about it. You you get a winter storm, people start talking about it. Are you prepared for the winter storm? Where's the plow guy, et cetera, et cetera. So you know something's coming. Right. But this time, it was just... Nothing. Everybody expected a rainy day. <laughs> and we're going to get into the details of the storm in just a moment. This is just our experience, which we got really lucky. I... I give you that. It could have been a lot worse. And we have a generator that came with the house, and we had a lot of anxiety about that generator because it's not brand new. It was here. We don't know how old it is, and you know how we feel about that kind of thing. You know how we feel about, you know, it's great that we have this when we bought the house, but we, but how old is it and how reliable is it? And because it's a the previous owner refused to tell us anything. So. Yeah. We and asked. We asked. We asked all kind of questions, and it was there's previous episodes on that. It was during COVID. We've talked about it before. Point is, we've never battle tested this generator. We've never been without power for more than a little, like a few minutes, because we're on the main drag through the town of Windsor. Yeah. We're right down the street from the main general store, which is, I think, they're on the same circuit as the fire department because they never. Turns out, Huzzy's General Store never lost power. That's crazy. But we did. And... The rest of Windsor did. Half the state did. Yeah. It was so... The, it turns out... And, and I guess... Well, for us personally, we were without power until Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. The 20th. The generator came through okay. And it ran the furnace, it ran everything, fine. But we were afraid to run the furnace the first... We didn't run it at night. We did not run the generator at night because we were both worried it was an old generator. What if it did this? What if it did that? And then... Yeah, we were making up, like... What if it couldn't handle the furnace? Because our furnace is also super old. So we were worried about all of it. So we didn't have heat until Wednesday morning where I couldn't get out of bed because I was so cold. Now, to, to be fair, we had a, a, a warm spell. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't freezing, it, freezing. Yeah, but. it wasn't cold the way you think of as Maine in December. It was unusually warm, and we were able to... Until Wednesday. Until Wednesday. So <laughs> we, the first couple of nights, we just went without it, and we were fine. We were under the covers. It was fine. Uh, there was no danger to anything. But then Wednesday came around and like now it's starting to be it was real like winter. Twenty thirties, so it got cold fast. Yeah, and the furnace had not been running, so the house was getting colder and colder all night. So we finally ran it, and turned out the generator can handle everything, except Kara has some industrial equipment 
for her bakery. So she wasn't able to run her industrial oven or her giant mixer or any of that stuff. Well, I wasn't even going to attempt to run my small mixer or the small oven, which is also part gas, because of the fear that it would... So basically, for my business, I have to have the lights on. I have to have a heater on to proof bread. I have to have a mixer going a good majority of the time. And then an oven, all times. And then the water, because we're on well water, so we need the well pump to be working. And, and the we, hot water tank to be working. So, And all the regular house stuff is managed by the generator, but we don't know how, like, how close is it to the line? Like, what's going to trip the circuit breaker on the generator? Yeah. You know, and I'm absolutely certain that her fancy pants industrial oven would have tripped it. Oh, for sure. And without that oven, it takes her like four times as long to do things. Yeah. So she just didn't, she couldn't operate. And even with us getting power back Wednesday afternoon, luckily for us, Kara was still able to, I mean, we'll talk about that after we describe the storm, but we got through it and she managed to get her orders out on time. And now we're in the following week. Merry Christmas, by the way. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, happy whatever. Happy everything. See, this is why it, I'm aggravated when people get upset at the happy holidays, because you don't know who somebody is. Yeah. If you say happy holidays, it doesn't matter who they are. You've just been nice to them, to, to another person. So You don't have to say Merry Christmas. I like Happy Christmas anyway. Yeah. British, yeah. I like saying Merry Christmas because I like Christmas and people usually receive it pretty well. But if I don't really, if I'm not Who's sure. Who's Mary though? Why is that Mary? Yeah, that's true. But but if I don't know anything about the person, if I'm, I'm not sure, then Happy Holidays, really, it kind of covers everybody and I'm being nice, which is what I want to do. So and I, nowadays families are mixed. You might have half Jewish, half whatever. So it's like. Yeah, what do you do if you if, if you get married to a Jewish person? Do you do Christmas and Hanukkah? Some do. Uh, well, yeah, I've heard some do, and or some will convert to the other religion, depending. It all depends, I guess, on your family. Yeah, well, that's a that's probably a whole discussion right there. Yeah, we just won't about, get into religious stuff. Just though. about how people choose to live and how they sort themselves out when it because there's got to be a conversation that happens when two people decide they want to be together and, and that difference exists. They they sort it out. But let's describe the storm itself. Um, there's no name for it because a lot of times something this big and crazy would have a name. But it we didn't get warning. Should have had a name. It was big enough. Didn't you? You just looked it up before we started. What was it? No warning. Why was there no warning? Well, not why, but I don't know. It didn't say. So I looked up. Like normally, the weather center will issue a warning even if it's through your weather app but normally they'll do a one of those you know like alerts. an alert yeah but there's nothing there's nothing basically she looked it up and it turned out that they just had they not just didn't do it <laughs> they just did not issue a big warning about this like did we miss something were we under a rock i know we're super busy but I feel like weather is important. We look it up every day. and as I... So just so you know, and this is in miles per hour, uh, not kilometers. A Category 1 hurricane is basically 75 miles per hour and up. That's, that's I think, uh, Category 2 starts at like 96 miles per hour. But we definitely had tropical storm level winds. It, it wasn't... It should have been issued a hurricane. I'm sorry. It well, should have been. A, a hurricane is a particular kind of storm. Well, so we didn't get a hurricane. It's a new but kind was, of storm, apparently. This storm had wind speeds that were at hurricane level. Because we got, uh, like, between 50 and 60 were recorded all over the place. Bangor International Airport uh, recorded uh, 68 miles per hour. And Kara just looked up before we started... There was a place to the the northeast of us along the coast that got what ninety? Ninety seven something. Ninety seven, which is technically that that would be a category two hurricane if it was a 
if it was a hurricane. So along the coast, of course, it was worse. But, but the point is, it was far more wind than anybody was prepared for. And it knocked over far more trees than anybody expected. And because the ground was so wet, the root systems were letting go. You have your normal trees falling if they, they're, they're dead and they finally give up, or they crack at the base and fall over because they're so large and they get pushed. But some of these trees, the roots just were essentially in a bunch of mud and they just got pulled out of the ground by the wind because of the wet ground. So it was like next door to us, there's a 50 foot strip between us and our neighbor where the gravel pit behind us, they could build a road if they really wanted to, but they'd have to go through some swamp. And so they're never going to, right? There's a tree in that that fell over and it, it, Half it's, of it fell over. Yeah, a big chunk of it broke off, and it's a giant tree. A, a chunk of it broke off and fell over and landed inside that 50-foot strip and luckily didn't destroy anybody's car. Or but, anything. It or anything have, else. If the wind had caught it just right, it would have landed on our hay shelter. So we yeah. got very, very lucky. Or the neighbor's car if it had gone yeah. the other direction. So. It landed just right, and, and probably that had to do with the way the tree was structured. But either way, it's kind of scary to see something that large down. And, and we, you didn't, we didn't even hear it because there was so much wind going on. Yeah, it was insane. It was, it was, it was like an apocalypse. The next day, we found um, a tree that had fallen over on our fence. And because we used that heavy, heavy gauge horse fence with a woven uh, metal fence, two inch by four inch grid. It's hard to work with. It's heavy. It's it's a pain in the neck. But the tree fell on it and it did not get pancaked. It got bent out of shape. I was able to chainsaw the tree and then just bend the fence back into shape and secure it back to where it was supposed to be. So that's the benefit of using the heavier stuff when you're building a fence. And, and still, we got off easy. There was intense flooding. Hundreds of thousands of people were without power. The town of Farmington, the, the fire department of Farmington, Maine, posted that day that the entire town was blocked off. Every road was covered with trees. You could not go in or out of Farmington at all. It was, it was that bad. Trees fell all over. There was a guy at Huzzy's when I was buying hay after it was all over. He had a 12 foot by 12 foot wooden storage shed. Tree hit it, just obliterated half of the shed, like a giant, you know, uh, cleaver had just come through it and mm -hmm. chopped off half the building. Yeah, there's so much destruction. <laughs> Aberdeen is snoring she's and I'm so jostling her. She's so peaceful though, so let's just let her all snore. All right, all right, she's gonna snore. But, but, but yeah, people had oh all kinds of damage. So, like, roof tiles were coming up. Not tiles. They're shingles. Shingles. Roof shingles. So that the question comes up, is it because they're so old that they're brittle, they're just flying up, or were they not properly installed? Or was it that bad that your roof can't handle, like a shingled roof can't handle this kind of storm? So, I mean, it's scary <laughs> to think about. We were lucky because mm -hmm. we've got woods behind the house. Like a lot of our acreage is still forested. And that was blocking a lot of it for our house. Yeah, if we were in open, I can't imagine if we were an open land space like we want, which will never happen because there's so many trees around here. But even if we get what we want, I think right behind the house, we're going to leave that forest because that blocks for us. Yeah. I mean, we'll always leave some trees, obviously. Trees are good. They're not all evil. But, you know, a lot of trees do a lot of damage, and you got to take care of bad you trees. You want to make sure they're not, like, if it fell, could it hit anything? Yeah. Like, the ones by the house, thank goodness they are strong <clears throat> and did not come into our house. But now in the spring, we have to have a tree expert come out and look around and see if some of the strong, healthy trees have now been compromised. Because yeah. sometimes they get cracked because of the storm. So are they still in good shape? And or... the goats have been chewing on some of them. So Yeah, some of them have to be dropped because the bark has been stripped all the way around. But the ones right up near the house are good, yeah. we think. We're, we think. We're pretty we sure. We don't know. We 
don't know enough. So we'll have to get somebody to look at that. Other people did not get power as quick as us. A lot of people are still without power even now. And this is December 27th. Yeah, after Christmas. Can you imagine not having power on Christmas if you celebrate Christmas? What that would be like? That's like, I don't know. And then there is the debate. Oh, the internet is still out. Like, people need internet too because, like, Brian works from home, so he needs internet to do his job. Yeah. So, internet and power are equally important in our household. Because our internet service provider also was victim of the storm, and they also lost power, so they couldn't provide internet. Yeah. And trying to reach out to people is like, I do not have a special plan where I have unlimited data or anything, I uh, because I never leave the house. So if right. I try to send emails or Facebook people, and I'm trying to still run my business. I have two businesses I'm still trying to run during all this. And it's costing me money to like reach I, out. I have unlimited because I would sometimes have to work from some remote location at a farmer's market. I might have to put a couple hours in and use my phone as a hotspot, so I have unlimited. But Kara is always here with the Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, so it, it just wasn't necessary. But I'm but the, sure we'll get the bill. The cell, The cellular network was also... Crap. It was bad. It was. It's not great out here where we are, but it was better. It's. It's normally okay. It was really bad. I don't know if it was overloaded or just damaged or what or both. Probably overloaded. I'm thinking. Yeah, it's probably probably like a little bit of everything. But um, we. One of the signs that we were going to get power back was that the cellular network got much better, like overnight. And then on Wednesday, Kara noticed that somebody near us like a mile down the road got power back and we were hoping we would get power well that back. was tuesday it was tuesday that no tuesday someone because they do it in sections the cmp we have central main power uh so they brought out crews from all over to try to help everybody rhode island and canada yeah so thank you for that and then, so they were working in sections, and each, like, grid came up when they were done working with it. So one, so everyone's on a different grid, I guess. I don't know what, how it the works way, The exactly, way it works, but. if I walked outside, I could actually get enough cell signal because the house was enough to interfere. That's how bad the cell signal was. She is sawing <laughs> some logs. She's had a, a long day. So basically, your status, if you look at the central main power map, is you could be in assessing, and that means that they send trucks out to look around and write down, this is how many trees are down, this is what kind of crews we're going to need, this is basically what we got to do to fix it, and then the next stage is they send people out to do the fixing. You know, But when, when, the, when the map says assessing, that's anywhere from we just told the guy to drive out there and look all the way up to they're starting to work on it, but they haven't updated the website yet. So it's hard to say exactly where they're at on your area. But it's just a bunch of guys with chainsaws and people trying to, to put things back up, back up and fix the, the lines. When we after the storm, when we went to Augusta, because they lost power for like two hours, it, they also got damaged pretty bad. Waterville was a mess. I, when I called around uh, to the people that we work with, our wholesale accounts, Waterville was just blasted. They had a lot of trouble. Kara yeah. and I went to Augusta to get some groceries after the storm, and driving down there, this was like a day or two after. We're this still, was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay. So we're driving down there, and not only do we see trees in one lane of the road, and they've been chainsawed away to free up one lane, but you have to figure it out yourself. You have to, if you see it on the car, you both have to go around each other, which you know how manners are. They're not accustomed to having other people in their space. So we had a couple of occasions of that, and there were two different places where we saw trees that had fallen down and were just resting on the power lines. Like the weight of the tree was on the power lines and we drove past it and we're like, we are not going home this way. Hmm. So all over the state, they are still working on it. 
and people are still getting power back and not everybody has a generator because not everybody has the money for it or whatever their reasons are. Uh, but it's, but it, it's the down trees were a huge problem and knocked out power all over the state. Yeah. Our, our coffee friends, I purchased coffee through farmhouse coffee roasters and he just got power back. I believe Christmas Eve. I forget what town he's. He's not that far from us. He's like forty minutes. But he couldn't do his Christmas orders or holiday orders and send them out because his not only is his, was his roaster headquarters down, but also his house. So it was yeah. like double whammy right there. Yeah. So it was brutal, and it's like. I mean, oh gosh. So, so we've got the down trees. We've got the wind pulling stuff up and tearing stuff up. But uh, Kara's also itching to talk about the water. So much water. Like I said, we're on a hill. So as bad as it is for us, we still have mud at the top. And a lot of it flows downhill away from us. But not everybody's on a hill. And some people, like you were telling me earlier, there's people that live close to the river. Yeah, so... Kennebuck, we live close, Augusta, the worst places that got flooded were Kennebuck, which is the county we're in, Augusta, obviously, um, Hollowell, which is where one of my favorite antique stores is, they're right on the river, the yeah. little, little town, there's like the main street, I forget, they actually have flood protocols in normal years. Yeah, we were talking to the shop owner because they're <clears throat> so close to the river. And this, sadly, not the first time. So they are equipped to deal, but... Uh, to the point where no. all the electronics to, to run their building are on the second floor. Yeah. The stuff that you would normally have in the basement that you'd worry about in a flood... For them, it's up on the second floor. That's how close to the river they are and how often it floods there in a normal year. So we should check out, we should go to that antique store and ask them how it was. We really should. I mean, we're looking for a dresser anyway. So, you know. <laughs> But we were just, she, Kara was just showing me videos. And Gardner. Oh, Gardner, yeah. Was yeah. really bad. The Hannaford was basically us underwater. I mean, and then another town, Bethel, was so bad. There's water running through. We almost, we were looking at a house there, actually, but we didn't get it, obviously. But, so, one of the roads just broke. It just broke. And half of it went, went with the water. And it's just gone. And there was a truck just dangling. I mean, you can YouTube it or look it up online. Yeah, imagine just, the the right lane of the road just breaking off just and sliding cool. away. And then Sandy River, which is a ski resort, is like a mud pit. Hopefully, they'll be back up and running. But it's just like all these people's businesses <clears throat> are ruined. And half of them, like ski resorts, are winter and they only get half a season, if even, not even. And now it's, what are they supposed to do for money? I don't understand. It's terrible. And because before we started this episode, we looked at a couple of YouTubes and, and looked some things up. Um, there are people who, like there's only so many people that have flood insurance, right? And we watched the news report where they kind of made it sound like, well, these people didn't want to pay for flood insurance because it was too expensive, so they didn't, like, like it's their fault, right? But the people they're talking about never get flooded. Like it's not normal so to get flooded for a lot of these people. It's the river would have to not only flood, but but to a ridiculous degree for them to even think about worrying about flooding, and those people got flooded. I gotta, I gotta chime in here. So insurance companies are crap. We all know this. They, they're just terrible. You make a claim, they don't want to pay it, and it's just, they're terrible people. Yeah. Not so much the people working for them, but insurance in general is terrible. 
it sh it should just be free for everybody. It's a it's a line of work where mm -hmm. you make profit if you manage to avoid doing your job. Like you, you take the money for a service every month, and then when somebody says, "Hey, I'd like the service now," you you, you try to say no, no, I don't want to do my job. So it's it's so. Let's be honest here. I feel like flood insurance should be included with every house or business now because the amount of rain that everyone gets it happened in Vermont. My my parents were telling me that almost every basement in their neighborhood got flooded and they're not that close to Lake Champlain. They're nowhere near any like water feature. But that's it just exactly rains so much and you're not covered because you don't have flood insurance, but it should just be included. It should just be included. We're watching that news report and I was furious because they were talking as if these people, well, they should have bought the flood insurance. They don't live in a floodplain. Like they didn't buy it because it's not required. Because they don't live in a floodplain. And your insurance agent's not going to tell you you should get this. Or if they well, do, they'll be like, oh, it's so much extra. And it's like, do I need this? Oh, insurance, no, you don't. insurance people would love for you to buy every single kind of insurance possible. Like all of the insurance, right? But the people only have so much money. So people look around and say, well, I'm way up here. And the river's way down there across the street, down a hill. It's not going to flood here. And then a ridiculous storm comes by. We were just watching a video of a guy that does um, linens for hotels and stuff. In Auburn, Maine. In Auburn. And his big industrial press got flooded, and he was worried that it wouldn't fire up again. He did get it going again. But they were talking about him as if he was just... The insinuation was that he was just ne negligent for not buying the flood insurance. But he wasn't... <laughs> There was no belief that he could possibly have a flood there. It was crazy and ridiculous, like a lightning strike, win the lottery chance. And it they, should be included in a business insurance policy anyway. Everything should be included. I just find it silly that you have to categorize all these mishaps that could or could not happen. Well, that's because the insurance company well, is yeah, trying they're not terrible to, people. They don't want to pay anything, and so... So even if you do have one insurance, you have to make a claim. And are you going to get that money for what was damaged? Because they more than likely will not do personal property damage. It's only the structural. So it's... It, it's ugh. And if an entire well, town files claims... Like if everybody got the flood insurance, right? Like, and when will you see that money to help repair your foundation yeah how quick i mean no it's gonna take years so imagine everybody did what they're supposed to do and everybody got the flood insurance and now you have an entire town all putting claims in at the same time the insurance company is gonna try to stop that and not pay because like holy crap this is a lot of money so they're gonna try to stall and it's gonna be a nightmare to get your claim through so as the weather systems change we're gonna end up with all these new situations and guaranteed if you watch the news, they're going to try to say that it's somehow, it, it's always going to be your fault. No matter what happens, it's going to be your fault. Well, you should have done this. Yeah, yeah okay. you should have done that. It's like, right it, on. <laughs> like aliens could just fly down and zap your house with lasers and they would say, well, you should have gotten the alien insurance. It, it just... <laughs> I'm sure Aflac <laughs> would come up with some. <laughs> Because, you know, you, you have your regular medical insurance and then there's AFLAC that covers insurance that doesn't isn't covered by your medical insurance if you have medical insurance. It's like yeah. it shouldn't be possible. There yeah. should not be a need for all I'm, this. I'm offended by the existence of AFLAC. It only exists because, hey, you know how American health care is terrible and insurance is garbage? Well, when the insurance refuses to help you, Here's more insurance from other people you can buy to help you survive. But some insurance people are nice. It's just they pick the wrong profession. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? You gotta... We're being harsh. There, yeah. there's, there's a place in life for insurance for normal stuff like car accidents and actual what-ifs that may happen. So that's cool. And we, we've been lucky enough to have some good insurance agents. You know, So there's, there's a lot of people... 
that do really good work in that field and help people. Uh, but it's just on the macro level. It's at, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the structure of the system is the, what we have a problem with. Uh, and and we're concerned about it because there, as time goes by, there's going to be a lot more flood insurance claims by people or people trying to buy flood insurance and the insurance companies are backing out. Like I think Florida can't get homeowners insurance now at all in Florida. So because the insurance companies are saying, you know what? Too many people are going to file claims as all these weather events keep getting worse every year. So we're Florida's, I mean, I know. Ah, okay. Anyway, for, for those of you who don't know, there's a trick, uh, Florida man. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's a joke about how many insane headlines have come out of Florida. And it's like Florida man does crazy thing. And so if you ever want to have some fun, punch in like into Google, punch in Florida man, and then your birthday and some headline will come up. That's insane. But as far as the storm happened in Maine, it did get pretty bad for those. There were two people that I, I know of. I don't know if the count has gone higher but there two people died I'm not sure yeah at least in maine there i mean the storm didn't just hit maine it did hit uh massachusetts and a little bit in vermont and i think probably but i'm not sure maybe. so and a little bit in connecticut maybe but it wasn't as harsh i feel like because they weren't really in the the stories, the stories. I don't, the new, I'm like an old lady. The stories. <laughs> we were looking up the news. We didn't find I mean, Massachusetts references. did lose power, but Massachusetts is basically an extension of Maine. They would say it's the other way around, whatever, except, you know, but. <laughs> Either way, because we're in Maine, so we're going to put that yeah, first. Yeah, you know, we're Mainers now. The, 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 the people who, who died were, the one guy was trying to move uh, a log, move a tree, like a fallen tree or a log or something with his tractor. The article wasn't very specific about it. And it, it said that while he was doing that, the tree struck him. And it's that passive voice <laughs> where they want to like pretend that like what the tree did this by itself. No, that something happened while he was going with the tractor. Was it the tree he was trying to move, or was it some another tree? other tree? We don't know. Yeah, we don't but know the, details. The, the, the solution to this is don't go out in the middle of the storm and try to handle debris. Just And don't ride a tractor in the middle of the storm. Yeah, just, just wait until it's just over. wait. Assess the damage. Another guy went up on his roof, and he was trying to clear debris from his roof, and a, a branch fell and hit him, and he died. So, it, again, not specific... I'm guessing that the branch hit him and he fell off the roof because I always worry about people on roofs falling off. But yeah, and of course his neighbors told the press that they had told him not to go up there, but he did. But his then, neighbors were telling him. I mean, was it after the storm? I don't know. It's very sketchy. So the time the I read the article, it was still pretty early. So I, I the details aren't clear and it's weird, but. Just wait until things are over. We're sorry for those families. Yeah, yeah, because it's wait until things are over. Make it's a solid plan for any kind of debris you want to clear, and always treat everything like it's trying to get you. Because say you cannot be too safe. Yeah. And and Kara's right. There's it's and yeah, it's tough for those families because they lost their family member. Well, yeah, especially right before holidays yeah or during the holidays so just be careful uh, especially yeah. if you're messing with the roof and if you need the tractor to do something be careful with that too uh, just driving our tractor on our property because it's a hill i'm very careful about driving on the slope if i have to drive sideways on the slope i'm always worried about tipping the tractor over i have the roll bar up and it's something i think about a lot so I'm very careful with the direction I go in and, and where I drive it. You know, because when you talk to the old people about tractors, all of them know somebody that was lost. And you just got to let your guard down for a second. So be careful. Can't be too safe. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that was just, I haven't heard of anybody else uh, being lost in the storm. I think there was one in Massachusetts, but I'm not sure. Okay. But... 
I was thinking of Maine, but okay. Yeah, I mean, just be careful. I mean, it's just, it's crazy weather. It's just, ah, you got to be careful. And, and, of course, we're also a little bit annoyed at Central Maine Power. Oh, don't even get me started. Kara is a lot more annoyed than I am about Central Maine Power. So here's the thing. Like, all these power outages, at least a lot of them could have been not have happened. I can't think of the right term. Prevented. Prevented, that's the word. <laughs> could have been prevented had they actually gone around and trimmed these trees or taken down the trees. Not just trim the trees. You need to take down some trees. I know we're like the tree state, every the pine tree, tree is state. great, whatever. But you, you have to take trees down to prevent them falling on things. I mean, it is fact. The, the problem is we have a private company, a private corporation running our electrical utility. We, we had a ballot initiative to turn that public, but millions of dollars were spent on propaganda to make people vote against themselves. And all the commercials are like, that's going to be government power. Government's bad. Well, you know, if it's also you, regulated, it is regulated. Hmm. It, if central main power did what Kara suggests and went around and completely groomed all the trees. And then you'll say, Oh, but they've been to my house and asked if they could trim some trees. I'm like, they've been here too and trims but did they do enough? No. No. They don't do enough. They trim a branch or two and they're like, okay, we're good. We did our job. We're done. They they do the stuff that's really, really about to touch those power lines. And they trim it back a little bit. But But trees grow yeah. every so year. Here's the thing. If they did what Kara wanted, if they actually did proper maintenance and cleared the path for all the power lines and got the trees cut back to a safe degree, that would cut into their profits. Their maintenance budget would go way up. Because they'd have to pay workers. They'd have, they'd to, have, have to hire a few more people and actually have to pay them. Yeah. And, and train them to do it properly. Because you can't, you can't skimp on the experience of alignment. It's too dangerous. And there's a lot of guys with chainsaws that are experienced tree people, tree removal people, whatever you call them. I don't know. But but this is a lot of experience. You don't just grab some dude with a chainsaw. These people really, they are experts at their field. And you have to pay them what they're worth. And it, it's just, it's not even just that. It's just hiring so many people. And, it, and really, they need to be burying the power lines. And I had a, a discussion with a guy where he's like, well, then you've got to get paperwork signed for the EPA because he wanted to trash the government, you know. And it's like, I don't care about the, the EPA. I don't care about forms and bureaucracy. We need to bury the power lines so that we don't have power loss all the time. In, in California, uh, PG&E, which is their private utility, they never bury the, the power lines. And they never do any maintenance or trim any trees. So when trees fall over and everything gets dry, they have a wildfire that wipes out a couple of towns. Everybody loses their houses. And then PG&E gets bailed out by the California government. That's happened more than once. It happens it, every year in California. Yeah. It's crazy. So, and it, it happened in Massachusetts. Well, that was like a power line explosion, which could have been prevented. So when you see Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, running around smiling with his slick back hair... Um, he takes a lot of money from PG&E and he makes sure that they're bailed out and that they never suffer any consequences from burning up towns. So it's, you, we need all, like I'm looking out my window right now and I can see trees that need to be trimmed back from power lines as a regular thing when it's not an emergency. So, so yeah, I'm very grateful to all the workers that help get the power back on after the storm. I'm not mad at the workers at all. I think it's they should. It's not their fault. I think they should be be it's implored. The company's fault. They should be doing this year round, trimming things back and and working to bury power lines instead of have having tension lines, and then a lot of this stuff wouldn't be a problem anymore. But of course, the CEO needs a bonus. The CEO needs a yacht, so we don't do the kind of things that we need to do. They're thinking about the next quarterly earnings. They're not thinking about twenty five years from now. 30 years from now. A year from now. Or, yeah, even a year from now. Because there's now that this storm has happened, 
They won't come around again and trim back trees. We won't see them again. I mean, they're like, the damage has been done. It's good. We're good for the year. Yeah. Until next year. They do have people that come around and check stuff out and trim trees for you, like Kara mentioned. But it's not a large crew. I think that was like the first year we were here. They weren't here last year. Yeah, they've been here once since we bought the house. And we've been here three years. And the trees grow every single year. And we have large trees. We're in Maine. They trimmed back the worst of it, but they didn't make it good. Like, for that to be the correct course of action, we should see them every year. Oh my gosh, if that tree next to us had fallen the other way onto the power lines, we'd still be without power. Oh, yeah. There'd be no way. That would be insane because it's huge. It is huge. And since the storm just driving around, Kara and I are looking around at the power lines. Everywhere we go, trees are all up around the power lines. Yeah. So as a point of maintenance, it's kind of like imagine if you never mow your lawn and then by the end of the summer, it's like, crazy how and you can't just you you could have taken your little push mower over it every weekend and it would have been fine but since you let it go all all uh, summer now you need to bush hog the whole thing right it's much more effort to clean it up now that's kind of where we are with trees and because maine has trees two things maine has a lot of water and trees yeah and they're they kind of turned against us a little bit this time because of this storm and every time we get a crazy weather event, Kara and I are talking about how it's probably going to happen to us again next year. Mother Nature won this year. <laughs> like, I've, I've been working on a ceiling, on insulation for that chicken coop. And it turns out it's not that necessary this year because it's a warmer year. Luckily, gonna... because half our chickens are still molting. Right. It's, it's so warm that our chickens got confused and started molting out of season. <laughs> so... But that, but next year is not going to be an El Nino year. Is is next year going to be the year where we have huge rainstorms, or is next year going to be the year where we have catastrophic snow? Yeah, and and our chickens start molting anyway because they're so confused. I don't know. I don't right. know what's going to happen. Going to be hot, cold, hot, cold. Every you know, last year, this well, we had that, this time. It was like a month from now that we had the fifty below. It's like. Holy crap. Yeah, so we've got a plan for all that. And there's definitely going to be, I'm definitely going to have to dig a French drain on this property to redirect some of the water. Uh, but we got lucky. We, we're luckier than a lot of folks. When we got power back, I looked at the map and there were 1,350 customers in our little Windsor. zone or area in Windsor. And 1,027 of them were without power. And we got power back later that day. So we were one of the like few hundred people in town that had power back. Yeah. And there's people that, people don't have money. Everybody doesn't have a generator. They, they should, but they don't. But even if you get those cheap suitcase generators, it's better than nothing. Because at least you won't, it can run your refrigerator and a light or two. Because yeah. that's what we had in Bath. When we were out of electricity for a week and a half, two weeks, I don't even remember. That was in warmer weather, but yeah, it was like in fall. It was October. Yeah. Because that's when I painted the floors. But yes, because we had those cheapy suitcase, they were $250, I think, if even. They weren't that bad. Uh, We could run refrigerator and a couple lights, and that's really all you need since it was warmer. If you need a heater, get a... I mean, and we don't have a wood stove, but a lot of people do, yeah. so they get heat that way. But it just depends on your situation. Prepare for more crazy weather events because they're going to keep coming. Yeah. And be really careful if you, if you, just listen to other people. If you're going to clear debris on your roof and your neighbors are like, "Don't do it, dude," maybe don't do it uh, because we want to keep you around. We don't want you to go anywhere on us. So it's just. It was hard. Like, I mean, winter is depressing anyway, and then this happens, and then it's just, and then you feel bad that I just, it's just, it's a bad turn of events. Kara's very carefully planned Christmas week got compressed mm-hmm. into like two or three days. Yeah, so 
normally when you get a bunch of orders, you plan your prep. I was planning five days of prep and then execute, but I had two days to prep and execute. And then I was working round the clock, basically round the clock. It might as well have been because I she was, was up at midnight or she was one waking, o'clock in the morning. Every she was day. waking up at yesterday o'clock. Yeah. Thursday, it's, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So. Yeah. And she was exhausted. And now here we are in the vacation week that we managed to keep. And it's just recovery. We don't feel like we've... I haven't done half the stuff because I was trying to concentrate on doing farm stuff. Like trying to promote the nonprofit and getting... Figure out what grants I can apply to and doing all this stuff and taking care of the house. But because... Guess what? It's raining again. Guess what? My hand hurts again. So it's just like, why? Why bother? And the storm basically disrupted our entire schedule, as it did for a lot of people. We were lucky. We had power on Christmas Eve. We had power on Christmas. We managed to get through it. We managed to open presents on Christmas Day with lights on if we wanted. Finia got to tear open lots of wrapping paper. Yeah, Finian's our puzzle who loves opening presents and then is disappointed Every time she's done opening it. <laughs> yeah. She mainly likes the wrapping paper. It's yeah. she used to shred like inappropriate stuff, but we've that behavior is now like once a year on Christmas she is allowed to tear open gifts and she enjoys it. Yeah. And she does it for her birthday. And then and her, yeah. Scotland we opened the first gift and he he's like, Yeah, I got a toy and runs upstairs and we don't see him again. Right. <laughs> he's like, you know, it was just, I don't know, it was hard it, Christmas, but. It turned out okay in the end. Other people have worse damage than us. Yeah, you know? again, we got lucky. Oh, we didn't even discuss the gas situation at the gas stations, because small town, many people, not a lot of gas, so. Oh, yeah, gas stations were running out of fuel, which sounds like an apocalypse, right? There were lines at the gas station. But it's just everybody in the state was trying to get gas for their generators at the exact same time. Yeah. So basically the gas stations all run out of gas and then the next day the trucks come and fill up their tanks again. So it wasn't that bad, but it was it was more of an inconvenience. But in, in the moment, you're kind of like a little oh bit worried about it. Because there's lines and you couldn't pay with a credit card because there's no internet. So... Right, you had to pay cash. Luckily, we had some cash stashed because we used most of the cash I've earned for bedding and hay. So, Right. So <laughs> I eventually went to Augusta thinking maybe they have internet, and some of them did. I was able to use my debit card for gas in Augusta. But the concern is that you're always worried that you're going to be the person that shows up and they don't have any more gasoline until tomorrow, which means your generator doesn't run tonight, which means your refrigerator doesn't run tonight, which means your food goes bad. So yeah. now, now every winter part of our prep is going to be to have a couple of gas cans full of gasoline just in case. And we're going to find a small engine repair guy to do a tune up on that old generator to make sure that it's in good shape. And sadly, because of my business, we have three refrigerators, and I, one for household, which holds our food, the dog's food, and the treats for the birds, and then the prep refrigerators. So it's it's a lot. I actually you went turned, down to two. Yeah, I turned one off because I was trying to, but the. The second one was stocked. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do any prep if I wanted to because there was no room in that fridge because it was holding cheeses from the farm shop because the farm shop did not have any power because the way our generator is hooked up. And then uh, the eggs and everything. Not that we have a lot of eggs, but I used up all our eggs for baking because our chickens and ducks are lazy. No, they're molting. They're, they they yeah. can't lay eggs. They're so. slowing down for winter, <laughs> and they're confused by the weather. Yeah, so, not, so I had to buy eggs. Stupid. Yeah, it feels like a personal <laughs> failing that we had to buy eggs. So here it is Wednesday, and 
then the podcast goes out on Friday. We're going to do it Christmas Eve, but he's like, just for us. I'm like, no, we should do it. And he's like, no. And now it's Wednesday because... We we had so much going on. We're just coming off of the storm, and you didn't want to do it either. You were too tired. I know, but we should have just done it. Well, we're doing it now. So I'll edit it today and tomorrow, (laughs) and I'll I'll get it done. But in the end, we came through it better than most. Most of the downed trees on our property are outside the fence, and we had plenty of protection. Our hay storage building is okay. It's a shelter logic thing, but it's protected on... The house blocked a lot of that wind. It's pro- and, and it's, it's newer. So that it's helps. newer. It's spiked down really good. It's protected on two other sides by trees and bushes. And the most important is all our animals are safe. They're all good. Everything's cool. Oh, we forgot to tell you. This is important. Uh, Widowmakers. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a term I heard from like redwoods when a branch would fall off a redwood and come down like a spear and spike the ground and like a harpoon. Hmm. Um, I never thought I'd see it. There were so many on Monday. Of various sizes. The trees were letting go of branches, and the ones that were aerodynamic enough were spiking the ground. And everything from a small, small branch to Kara found a couple that she thought were small trees. Yeah, I'm like, is this a tree? And then I pull it up and it's like, oh no, that that could have killed somebody. Like yeah. a duck or a chicken or even a small goat. Yeah. Or a person. It, yeah. It's just the the branches that stuck in the ground like spears ranged all the way from something that if it hit a person would be like, ow, what the hell is that? All the way up to you no longer have that person. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's crazy how many of those were pulling out of the ground. There's still some in the ground because there's still so much debris we haven't even picked yeah. up yet. Because it keeps raining. It keeps yeah. freaking raining. But I'm trying to look at the bright side of it. That guy that we talked about with his big press for his linen business, if that press had not fired up again, if it had been ruined, he would have been out hundreds of thousands of dollars. He probably would have gone out of business and his employees would be out of a job. So he luckily got it running up again because that's the core of his business. And so now... Lucky for him, he can get all the stuff cleaned up again, all his stock, all his linens and stuff. He can wash them and start providing to hotels again, and his people are going to have their paychecks. People are, are going through more than we're going through as far as just the storm is concerned. So we came through that kind of lucky, and all of our animals are, are okay, and all of our hay is still where it belongs. But uh, Central Maine Power should do more maintenance. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Moral of the story, I guess, if yeah. you will. Maine is full of trees. It's full of nature. It's beautiful. But if you're going to have power lines, you got to... you got to maintain. Yeah. You charge enough because you triple charge everyone. So oh, yeah. Yeah. We won't, we won't go there, but that's what it is. Just the fact that pine tree power almost happened, mm-hmm. they're going to crank the prices again. That That's the problem with monopolies. They... They do whatever they want, and you can't do anything about it. You cannot take your business elsewhere because they're the only place you can do business. Yeah, it's a problem. All right. So, in closing, I hope you're safe. Hope you had a good holiday. Hope you're staying dry. Merry everything. Bye. Merry applicable holidays. (laughs) Happy everything. Happy holidays. Happy whatevers. Have a good whatever you're doing. (laughs) Bye.